You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris Style Podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yor and Shotgun Spratling. Welcome to the Family Feud Podcast. I'm Keely Yor, joined alongside Shotgun Spratling for another episode. Shotgun, how are you doing? I'm always wonderful. You know me. I do know you, but I don't know if you're wonderful. Uh, but we have, have caffeine. I'm always wonderful. <laughs> this is true. Uh, we have another episode of the podcast, the last one before we actually can talk about a game. Uh, next week will be UNLV, and we will have a podcast for that. I'm excited for some actual football shotgun. Well, have. we've been getting some football this week. That's true. That's true. But uh, we're out of fall camp, technically. It still was kind of fall camp this week, mock game week. Uh, so we have an abbreviated version of our usual uh, shindig, stock up, stock down, and whatnot. But as always, uh, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. Also, you can email us at familyfeudpod at gmail.com. And Shotgun, we got more than just Nigerian princesses or princes emailing us this week, which is exciting. Well, if we get Nigerian princesses, then, you know. <laughs> maybe you'll respond. Yeah, it'll be a little bit different. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so we will get to your questions uh, later Sweet. in the show. I know. I'm excited to, to answer them. Thanks for emailing, guys. Again, if you want to email us, you can get us at familyfeudpod at gmail.com. Send us your questions, your comments, who you think stock up, stock down is. Stock and don't neutral. bring in that bull crap stock neutral. Oh, we'll see. We'll, we'll get to the questions. You'll see if it's oh already introduced. Um yeah, you deleted all the ones that said I agree that stock neutral. No, I will not not lying at all. No mm, one, no sure. one was in support of you, shotgun. Lies uh, and slander, lies and slander. Yeah. Anyway, let's go. Uh, do you want to get just straight into stock? Yeah, up? stock up, stock down. Um, I'm gonna say stock up for Vivai Malapai. Mm. I thought he had a good week, a good showing this week. Tuesday was mainly a running day, a full pad, so it gives more opportunities for that. I thought he's been making some good cuts, uh, in in an area where. Cedric Ware and Stephen Carr could take uh, the main spotlight. I thought that he made some some reporters in the media pen go ooh today or this week. So I think that he's still showing that hey, I'm still here. And of course, Cedric Ware was a li- limited on Wednesday, so he got more of an opportunity. But I thought he's been he's been showing out a little bit this week. Yeah, I think he showed that he is a little bit of a combo back as far as that he's a physical runner, but also he's a guy that can break tackles and make guys miss at the same time when he gets in the open field. You know, he can break through that first line of defense, but then also make a guy with some jukes to, to get out to and get, you know, some extra yards. Not going to run away from anybody, I don't think, but, you know, he's a guy that can get you an easy 20 yards by making two guys miss in different ways. Mm-hmm. Who you got for stock up? I got Bubba Bolton. Uh, you know, Bubba Bolton has pretty much got the almost all of the first team reps the last uh, week or so at that safety spot. I know Clancy told me, I think the first full week of practice, the first full week of, of, sprint, of fall camp, that he wanted to get a decision on that spot by the next, by the end of that week, by the next week. That hasn't happened. You know, he said that. You know, he told me this week. Uh, you know, he was talking about it yesterday. That you know, it's not solidified yet. Bubba has not solidified himself there, but he's definitely getting a lot of work there for sure. And he's you know looking good, starting skirmishes. That's what he does. You know, he's a big <laughs> popper. He's going to hit you. Uh, you know, but the thing that he's done is that he has been much more sound uh, as far as assignment, which is what they're looking for out of him because they know he's an athlete. They know he can hit. Now they're looking for him to get the playbook down and all that type of stuff. Uh, now, this is what Clancy told me yesterday. He said, we still haven't made a decision on who that's going to be. He said, I think Isaiah and he, being Bubba Bolden, are both right there close. And, of course, getting YK back, being Achille Ross, who's now getting more reps, I think will make a difference down the stretch. And then we'll have an answer next week is what the, they're looking at that for that safety position. But I think Bubba Bolden, you know, he's definitely – 
if he, he's definitely leading the way right now. Now, YK's got to catch up. Isaiah Palmos had, had a good fall camp, but I think he's still behind him as well. So I think Bubba Bolden right now is in place to earn that starting spot. And if he gets the nod, do you trust Bubba in that in that situation? Uh, the, the question I have is, is he going to tackle well enough? Now, he can he can lay the wood for sure, but he has missed some tackles at time where he tries to hit instead of tackle. Uh, so he's got to find the you know that happy medium between you know trying to you know knock a guy's eyes in the back of his head versus wrapping up to make sure the guy goes down. Because you saw a guy like Marquis Step took a big hit from Bob Bolden in one of the first scrimmages, and you know basically he got bounced back two yards, but he spun and then took it up the sideline. And Bob Bolden, after laying the hit, is now down on the ground because of the contact and Marquis step was not so I think he's got to find that happy medium to where he is able to tackle guys uh, as well as deliver the hits that he wants to and I think the main thing though even before that is the coverage he's got to have the coverage down so if they're confident with him there I think that says a lot but if you see guys rotating there early in the season and then I think that also tells you uh, about where he's at in that regard as well yeah that makes sense uh, the other guy having stock up is Trayvon Sydney. Surprisingly, I thought uh, Wednesday he had his best practice as a Trojan, I believe. Uh, he had some multiple one-arm catches. One of those, Shaka and you and I kind of agree, was unnecessary, but it made for a beautiful catch. Uh, and then he, he tracked down a, a long ball, I think thrown by JT Daniels. Mm-hmm. He had a nice... Uh, Definitely a nice practice, and, and Clay Helton was asked about it after Wednesday. And, and whenever you get a ooh mercy from Clay Helton, that's always a good sign. Uh, but Helton said he told the team that mock game week was essentially the last week to put some tape on there that make the coaches look at you. And, and he said that Trayvon really took that to heart and did a good job this week. So stock up for Trayvon Sydney. Yeah, and Trayvon, you know, he got pretty limited opportunities last year. I called him one play Trey because there was like three different games where he played one play and that was it. Uh, but he had, I think, two catches in those three plays or four play, you know, four games that it was or whatever it was. Uh, in that situation so when he gets his opportunity he's made the most of it now he's had health issues he's had hip issues he's had ankle looks like he's fully healthy um, and like he's always been able to make the one-handed catches he practices all the time he's got YouTube and Instagram clips of it galore but putting that together in the game now sometimes when you're you're so good at catching balls one-handed you try to catch them when you don't when you should be using two hands um, and the second one we agreed on that you know he probably could have put the second hand up there made for a better clip that he didn't. I'm sure. If you, only we could have videotaped yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure USC will put that up there. And you know <laughs> one of those segments they don't allow us to shoot for no good reason. Uh, We're not One on ones. But he had you know two really good catches. The first one definitely he only had one. Uh, he could only make it with one hand. I think that that Bishop Lamont duo, uh, him and Tyler Vons making the one handed catches look easy because Tyler Vons had one on Tuesday as well uh, that we were able to get photos of before they shut us down. So you did. did I, get th- I think you did a little illegally, a little bit. That's not it's true okay. at all. Mm-hmm. No one said to stop shooting. Mm. Bam, we're good. Oh well. Who else you got for stock up? I got physicality. Oh, I actually thought about that, too. The physicality this week, I think, was one of the, you know, this is supposed to be a mock game week, but I think they really went out at it the last two days uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. They went full pads on Tuesday, a lot of run period, but they were, you know, really popping each other. I thought it was the best team run period they've had just because it was very competitive. It was spirited. You know, there's guys going back and forth. I mean, uh, Iman and Aman going at each other. (laughs) Eight versus eight. Eight versus eight. 
Eights are crazy right now. Uh, so those two guys went at each other on one play. You, know, you had some other things like that. You had a bunch of skirmishes yesterday. You know, it was it was really good to see them going at each other. And I think that's a part of being healthier. They yes. got you know their health was stock up this week. I had that depth, stock down. Depth uh, is up. Yeah, but I had stock down last week. Their health this week sure. it was definitely up because they got eleven guys back on Tuesday. You know, a lot of guys back healthy getting an opportunity, and that increases the depth and that allows you to go to those physical practices instead of. You know, on Saturday when they had the scrimmage, they cut out the two-minute portion uh, that they were going to have for the quarterbacks, which is, you know, bad for those guys that are trying to fight for that job because they didn't have enough offensive tackles. They got to a point where they didn't feel comfortable, you know, doing the two-minute drill because of the number of tackles they had out at that point. Got got some guys back this week, and it was good to see them, you know, really going at it and really having a physical, uh, you know, kind of going at each other, competitive practice, which you've been kind of lacking at sometimes in the past. Yeah, those two team periods that uh, on Tuesday, the full padded practice, you and I both were like, wow, those are really good team periods. Mm -hmm. What to you specifically made it that way for you? The fieriness. I mean, those guys just, you know, it was super competitive. There wasn't, I, I talked about this on our live show that, you know, two years ago or 2016 when they faced Alabama, leading into that game, I was like, this team just is not prepared at all. They were lollygagging around. It was just a, you know, kind of a carefree atmosphere. This was super competitive. You could yeah. kind of feel it in the air that, you know, that quintessential. Uh, you know, football feeling where you can hear the pads <laughs> popping and you kind of feeling. It's a new song I just made. <laughs> nice. We're gonna we're gonna also uh, sell merch and songs now. That's we're gonna true. produce our own songs from the show. <laughs> we have to get an EDM director to to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to remix our going thing. off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have for stock up. What do you got? Uh, well, I also have stock neutral today. Well, no, get the hell out of here with that bowl. Come um, on. If it's stock neutral, that means it hasn't changed, so therefore no, your no, stock no, 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 is no, no, just no. the same. Here, listen. I, I go on this rant every time. Hear me out. Hear me I out. I should just stop caring about this because... No, maybe you should. Okay. Because you guys are obviously wrong, and you're not going to change your minds about being... Uh, so stock get to the point of insanity. Stock neutral nation. We, we, out, we, out here. we out here. Uh, you're going to agree with this, though. I think Elijah Griffin is stock neutral in the sense that he has been having some interceptions, but in the same way, he seems to get a little bit picked on and and you said even the other day, if there was a count of how many uh, this of this DBs get scored on, Elijah Griffin would probably be up there at the top. So he's a stock neutral. He shows promise, but at the same time, he still has his freshman. That's mistakes. not neutral. That's roller coaster. He's up and down, up neutral. and down. <laughs> Meaning his stock is up at points. It's down at points. Thus, oh, there's no. a neutrality. No. <laughs> neutrality. Get it's out here. True. Net neutrality over here. <laughs> uh, stock down. I have Clayton Bradley. Um, I think that, I mean, he was definitely in the rotation at left tackle, um, with Austin Jackson and he still is, but that back injury is lagging him a little bit. Clayton, uh, Clay Helton has been pushing back his ETA as far as when is Bradley going to return. Now it's starting to get later into game week. At that point, do you not start him for UNLV? Uh, in that sense, just his health is making him tip downwards towards the stock down. Yeah, I also had him there, so I don't have much to add to that. <laughs> Is because, that why you're giving me that look? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that you stole mine. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it, when you are in a position com- a, a, a position competition, <laughs> then you need to be out there as much as possible, and yep. it, and it does ju- it doesn't bode well for you when you can't be unless the other guys are not playing very well. Um, so. Unfortunately for him, Austin Jackson seems to be playing fine. So if you're not out there, you can't really win the job. You can only lose the job if you uh, if you're not out there. So 
which is a great segue, if I may, to Go my second it. stock down, uh, Achille Ross. Um, he was out for a long time of fall camp with that hamstring injury that was nagging him. He came back on Tuesday. Wednesday, though, he had that little um, tuffle tiff, if you will. <laughs> tuffle tiff. A tuffle tiff. A tiff. Um, not to be confused with a tiff, which is a... a hey, do not... <laughs> you can't reveal my, my sideline lingo just yet. Why not? Fine, now I'm forced to. A tef is a, a stat, an unofficial stat created by yours truly. That is a, a tight end fall. It's a technically it's a UTEF, unnecessary tight end fall. Basically, when a tight end hits the floor when uh, the ground when he's not supposed to, whether he's blocking or he catches a ball and then just randomly falls. So for some reason, that position there's a lot of guys just seem yeah. to end up on the ground. Thus, hence why I created the stat a tef. So sometimes Chris Trevino, Shotgun, and I will just be like, "Oh, a tef <laughs> during practice." Thanks, Shotgun, for re- revealing that. You guys are seeing it all now. Uh, yeah, but okay, so Achilles Ross, um, we we talked about this on the live show, but he it was during one-on-ones. Uh, there was one quarterback. Uh, he would throw to each side. Achilles Ross and Valus Jones thought that it was their side to go. They went. No quarterback threw to them, and thus uh, Achilles wanted his rep back, and Isaiah Palomau was like, no, it's, I'm up next. And so Achilles was a little stubborn that way. Tyler Vaughn was like, get out of the way. Some words were said, things got very uh, heated, and pride kind of got in the way, and Achille wanted to stand his ground, and thus uh, he kind of took off and went to the other side of Howard Jones Field. Uh, he got somebody that he missed the team period. Helton talked to him for a little bit. Um, he was with his teammates on the sideline for a little bit, and then as we have learned, based because Achille tweeted at Shotgun, uh, Achille, they, Ross wasn't there at the end of practice because he left for class, but back to my main point is that when you're out for so long during fall camp to begin with and you're fighting for that that second safety spot, on your second day back to have kind of a little bit of a tantrum on the field, it's just it doesn't bode well. Like Shotgun said, if you're in a competition and you're not on the field, it's just not going to do well for your uh, competition's sake. I mean, it's a crucial time for him. This is an opportunity for him to win the job. You only have a certain amount of practices before the first game. You're coming off the injury. You want to show what you can do. And unfortunately, he wasn't out there to get those reps. And, you know, Clancy talked about it later. He's, he said, I don't know exactly what happened, but he didn't get those reps. And not getting those reps are those opportunities to push himself forward. You can't do that if you're not on the field. And we said the same thing with Clayton Bradley. If you're not around, you know, you can't you know win the job. And, you know, he was out for that period. And, you know, even if he had to go to class, he misses those extra reps too. At the end of practice, you know, it was just extra opportunities missed out on for him. Now he's going to have to do something you know, even better, the next practice, the next practice, because there's only a couple of practices left before that first game. So if he wants to win that spot, he's got to show out now. I mean, how much, if they're making the depth chart, Helton said they're going to try and make personnel decisions by Sunday. I mean, how much of a, of a change can you make between now and Sunday? The Not question, just for Achilles. Well, the question becomes, well, with that, in the, his in particular uh, situation, it becomes how much, leeway or how much of a lead did he have coming from the spring he was clearly yeah. the guy in the spring that was going to start at that position he was the incumbent from that time period how much leeway did he have on Bubba Bolden what areas is Bubba Bolden still lacking what can Achilles do better you know how does he fit in Achilles played last year he's gotten more experience obviously than the Bubba Bolden or any of the other safeties there so that that's the question for th- at that position with the rest of them you know, you, you really don't have that many opportunities because they've said, you know, the p- quarterback position in particular. Brian Ellis was asked this week, what what impact is the mock game going to have on Saturday? And he's like, none at all, really. He's like, this is just a, a thing for us to go through and get substitutions and different things like that. So you're not going to have a padded practice today. 
You've got, you know, if they're actually, and Clay Helton said that they are sitting down on Sunday, they're going to go over the personnel decisions, he said, which we assume to be quarterback and depth chart, the rest of the depth chart. So if that's the case, you're basically done, unless you do something really spectacular in today's light practice, you know, because they're not, I don't think they're going to have even shells on today. Um, it's probably going to be T-shirt and shorts. We'll see. Uh, but if that's the case, because that's their normal Thursday period, you don't really have an opportunity to really do too much more before they make that first initial depth chart. Now you'll have a couple practices next week and you can push yourself up. You've seen guys, you know, be oars or just even be second string and push their way into starting where they're kind of like, wait, wait, when they release the starting lineups, we're like, wait, wait, how did this guy become a starter? That could happen, especially in the first game. Cause you're still, there's a lot of moving parts in that regard, but you're down to basically two practices left to, to show yourself before that first game. So you got to have a really good day today. Whatever it may be, you know, if you're a quarterback, you got to throw the ball well, throw it to who you're supposed to throw it to, know where you're going with it, that type of thing. The mock game apparently is not going to be much of anything. And then the next two practices next week, maybe you can try to force your way above that even after the depth chart happens. But very, very limited opportunities to, to showcase yourself uh, before that first game now. Yeah, that makes sense. Did we have exactly the same stock downs? We did. Wow. Unfortunately. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that at all. But we're actually agreeing? Podcast? Mm, which is why Ooh. i knew mine were not Ooh. great oh wow that's pretty good i had to hand it to you <laughs> okay so that takes us to her on the sidelines what did you hear this week shotgun well clay helton talking about the scout team and how he prefers to do he prefers not to have service teams which are the scout teams you know which you're normally used to run the plays of the opposing offense defense you're gonna face you're gonna have to have that sometime but he prefers not doing that which means he wants the competition periods i think that's a little bit of a change from what we've seen the yeah, last two is. fall camps is by this point they would be already doing some service periods and getting ready for that first game maybe it's partly that unlv is not any good that they're kind of you know skewing that and going you know straight with some more competition periods to begin with this week and then next week they'll go into that but the fact that he said that I think says a lot about the development of this coaching staff and and where it's going that they're they're doing more competition periods the fact they let them be chippy and stuff this week I, I think that was part of it Agreed. I think that was great because I, I I have more confidence in this team going into the you know the final game the prep game week that they have coming up than I have in the previous two camps where they are at right now because of how well they practice the last two days. That's interesting. You mentioned this on the, on the live show. Is that, it's almost a little strange for me that you at the non Sam Darnold years, the quarterback hasn't even been decided yet. And you're more confident in this team. Well, the defense I think is, is locked in much better. I think with so many returners, but also just the fact that, you know, Cam Smith has been in this defense for three years. He can direct everything you need there. Uh, those type of guys, I think the defense is going to be really good, especially early in the season. And, you know, if the offensive line gels and produces and they played a little bit better uh, the last week, maybe they should have been on stock up uh, because definitely definitely should have been on stock up from where they were last week when we we're yeah, talking about it. True. Um, I, I think that they, they have improved. I think getting people back healthy obviously helps. They got Chuma back. They got Austin Jackson back. They got uh, Andrew Voorhees back. So I, you, you got three potential starters right there back. That changes a lot as we saw in the Washington State game. Yes. You lose three starters, mm-hmm. you're going to be in trouble. Uh, so I, I think that with that, if they continue to get better, then the quarterback doesn't have to do too much early in that first game. If you can rely on your offensive line, the running game, that changes a lot. And I, I think they figure that part out. I don't know why I'm more confident. I shouldn't be with the with the quarterback decision. The quarterback's such an important position, but I think they can be fine. I think the defense can carry them those first couple of games while they get things figured out at the quarterback spot. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, and it doesn't hurt that I think JT Daniels is a future NFL player. So yeah, if he wins the you're competition, you're JT today. Uh, I also had the the skirmishes. Skirmishes. The the tiffs. Uh, that not was the tiffs. Not the, the tiffs. <laughs> not the tiffs. But the tiffs. I still can't believe you let that go. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was. It was. I was talking to Jonathan Locke, and he's like, "We haven't had a day like this in a while." I mean, there were three separate uh fights i felt like the last fight in particular with bubba bolden and, and michael Pittman kind of felt like a little bullpen fight you know where, where guys get in and other guys are running in and um it just felt it had a little bit of a, a crowd sense to it um but the interesting thing for me was when clay helton was asked about it he quickly was like awesome awesome yeah awesome didn't and, that make practice fun yeah didn't it make practice fun and, and i guess so i thought it was definitely made practice interesting um but i think we're at that point of the season and a lot of the defensive players talked about it where you're just ready to hit someone other than your teammate <laughs> you're ready to hit an imposing opponent i guess that's redundant um but i thought it was interesting just clay helton likes it in the sense where you can channel it into the overall physicality that this team has had in fall camp um he he Loves to mention Robert Woods, and he mentioned how Robert Woods is the nicest guy off the field, but on the field he was a mean, a mean man. So I just think it's interesting the way that Helton um, addressed it and and the viewpoint he had of it. Because after the third uh, little tiff, I was like, okay, I'm making everyone run right now if I'm the head coach. But it was interesting how Clay Helton had a, a little bit of a different perspective that way. And what he said was that. I'm okay with it being one-on-one basically, but then when it becomes, when everyone, if everyone gets involved and it's kind of a brawl situation, then he's making them do up-downs and stuff, which I think was a little bit different. I think last year when they just had some, you know, going back and forth, he'd get onto them, make them do up-downs when it's just one or two people rather than, you know, having to turn into an all-out brawl type of thing. Uh, But I think the the feistiness is good. You need that competitive spirit, and I I like it. Uh, and, And then, you know, when you talk to the players about it, they didn't seem that concerned about it. Ask no. John Houston, who, you know, he, in that third dust up with Bubba Bolden being involved, and there was a lot of people, and then it became kind of those ancillary uh, matchups afterwards where people were pulling apart and, like, don't touch me, don't grab me, that type of thing. And he and Devin Williams got into it, you know, yelling at each other and had to be held back. But he, I asked him, I was like, what's going on with that? He says, it's just part of the game. Nothing but brotherhood at the end of the day. We all squash it. It's competition. Everyone got heated, but everything's good. And I think that's exactly the mentality you want. If you guys can go in the locker room and still be friends with each other afterwards, that's what you want. I mean, you, you know I bring up my high school days way more often than I should. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things, I was a wide receiver. I was terrible at tackling, so I couldn't play two ways. But our middle linebacker was really good. Went, went on to play at college and stuff. I would go over the middle during scout teams, and he would drill me. He loved to pick on me. And I would get up, and I'd throw the ball at him. And I would, you know, I would try to I'd be held back in different things. Uh, I probably shouldn't have been trying to fight him because he was actually good and a big dude, and I was a small, wide, white receiver <laughs> that I couldn't couldn't have battled him at all. But when we go in the locker room, I was perfectly fine with it. But on the field, I would be just so mad at him at times. <laughs> but then you have that separation. It, it's kind of like you know uh, when you're an actor or something, you completely separate from when you when the camera's rolling when it's not. If you can separate that, then I think that's exactly what this team needs. They need to be competitive. They need to be going at each other like that. And they need to be going at each other for certain positions. You know, if you're in a competition, you shouldn't – I mean, you should help other guys. You want them to do well. But you want to show out and, and, you know, prove yourself over them. Is this the most competition per position that we've seen in a while? Yeah, and I think that's part of it is the depth that they have. I mean, just the extra bodies. When you have extra bodies, that enables you to do more and you have more guys competing for different spots. Agreed. Do you have anything else for Herder? 
I have one more, I believe. If I you have some Clancyisms, but <laughs> I mean, we're gonna leave Clancy's. <laughs> Clancy's not really safe for air. We'll just say that <laughs> not PG. Yeah. Uh, for the one that was the most hilarious this week, but you guys, you know, come up to me later. Find us uh, on the sideline itself during a game. Uh, we'll speaking of which, we actually are having a meetup on Friday, August thirty first, uh, right before the Jock Rally uh, at USC. If you guys want to check us out, I think Trader Joe's will giving us will be providing some snacks. If anything, come for the snacks. And some swag bags. Swag. The Trader Joe bags that everyone yeah. asks about. The, the, uh, we believe those will be there as well. So sure. Come pick one of those up. And if you come and you ask what Clancy said, I will remember to tell you guys. No, no, no. First good. you have to come into Shotgun and say, Stock Neutral is the best, and then he'll tell you. No, that's the, that that's is not keyword. true. <laughs> if you say that, you will not get anything from me. <laughs> uh, also, I had heard on the sidelines, Matt Fink. So he was, uh, you know, Jack Sears was asked. Matt Fink was asked, what happens if you actually lose the competition? What happens then? Jack Sears said, you know, basically we'll, we'll see what happens then. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Uh, Matt Fink was asked, and he said that, you, you know, I'm a Trojan for life. He said, this is the place for me. I'm a Trojan for life. So it makes you think, you know, that if, if J.T. Daniels is named quarterback, what, what we kind of assume at this point, then Matt Fink would still be there to be a backup even if Jack Sears uh, were to transfer. And Jack Sears kind of up in the air. Kind of The feeling we kind of got from their answers on those two questions. Is it weird to you that we haven't been able to talk to JT yet? Uh, USC being USC. USC being But, hey, we get to talk to players where other, other schools do not. So we can't complain trendy. too much, though we will complain that when you have such valuable freshmen, they should be allowed to talk a little bit sooner. Agreed. I agree with that. Shall we go into agree-disagree? Sure. Speaking of agree. Um... USC's fall camp felt quicker this season. Obviously, it was shorter, but did it feel quicker? I felt like it had a, a a weird feel to it in that sense. Why it felt quicker is because it was more exciting. There's more competition this week. There's more things to report on versus last year at some point, and granted, it was an extra week. There it started was, in July. There were, there were allowed to be 29 practices last, week, last year. There was only allowed 25 this year. The NCAA bumped it up to 29 last year and brought it back, I believe, to 25. I think it was at 25 before, and they brought it back to 25. Um, so it felt longer in that sense, but also it just felt like we're the same storylines were over and over. Yeah. Uh, whereas now there's with so many comp- so many so much competition, so many competitors. There's more stories to tell and more guys to talk about. I think so. And this week, this week is where it usually gets to that lull, and you're just like, okay, I'm ready for the games to start, and the players too. And you know, even the guys we talked to yesterday about, I asked John Houston and Bubba Bolden was asked as well as like. Is it just to the point where you're tired of hitting the same guy, so it gets a little more feisty? And they're like, "No, it's the competition. We're just it's good competition." That's they also what. said, "Yeah." Bubba also said, "Yeah, it's yes." You were texting when I said this early, five minutes early on this podcast, but I was Bubba did say you're at the point where you want to hit someone. Joey asked him. Well, he always wants to hit someone. That's okay. a little different. Yes, I mean the funny part is that Dan Weber asked Helton if you, if you saw two players on the ground, would you be surprised who was there? And he said, "No," meaning he wouldn't be surprised that. Pippen and Bubba got into it. And he asked uh, Clancy the same question. And he goes, well, Bubba's a feisty guy. <laughs> yeah. I think we all, uh, we we took a bet who would be in the first skirmish, and we definitely said Bubba Bolden. Uh, agree, disagree. USC's defense as a whole is its greatest strength this season. Agree. Yeah, definitely. I think that they're going to rely on the defense early. And, you know, the question becomes that defensive line, can they get to the quarterback as much as they did last year without the star players that they had last year, Chenna, Rasheem Green, 
Uh, you know, how much is Porter able to play? When does he come back? How effective is he? Those type of things. You know, he's really good in the little very limited segments we saw last year. I think it's time for him to explode on the scene. I think this could easily be a double-digit sack season for him if he can stay healthy. Now, if he wow. takes that spot, then that kind of fills Uchina's role. And if someone can bat some balls down like Uchina did, that was the thing. It was the craziest thing. For Uchina to lead the team in deflected passes and be in double digits, uh, he had the most deflected passes, I believe. I, I would have to check this again. But I think he had the most de- deflected passes since like 2002, 2003. And those are almost all the time deflected passes leaders are your DBs. Instead, he was as a linebacker at the line of scrimmage, he was batting balls down. So, you know, he, what he did last year was fantastic. So we'll see how uh, they replace him, how they replace Rasheem Green, Josh Fatu in the middle. If that defensive line can be similar to how they were last year as far as getting to the quarterback, then I think this defense can be really, really good. And that makes me think, I don't, we, we've seen a lot of good things from the defensive line and the defensive front as a whole. Have we seen a lot of hands up as much as we did last season and, and bat, batted balls? You know, I've seen them do some of the drills and stuff, uh, you know, as far as the where they basically stuff the the blocker and then get their hands up and try to knock down quick passes and stuff. I don't think, like you said, I don't think we've seen as many much as last year. Now, maybe that's has to do with the teams are playing early in the season. They don't think they're going to see a lot of quick passing. Well, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe we'll see that more when they get to like Washington State preparation and stuff. You'll see that all week. They'll practice that like half their practice will be <laughs> jumping up the bat balls down. Uh, and then maybe they'll practice uh, batting balls down off a lineman and then catching it like Uchenna and see if they can roll into the end zone this time since the offense couldn't then get in. Wow. Wow. Ooh. TBT to Hurt, that. Hurtful. Salt in the wound. Mm, that hurts. <laughs> and finally, agree, disagree. Dun, drum roll, please. Da, 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 da. JT Daniels will be USC's starting quarterback. Agree. I think he is. Um, I, I think it's been – I think – Jack Sears has really upped his game, has re- been really competitive in that. But I think that JT Daniels' decision-making and quickness – now, granted, JT has thrown some interceptions this week uh, and you know hasn't held on to the ball as, as safely as he did previously and taken care of it as well. But I think just how quickly he can make a decision and what he did after he threw – he threw back-to-back interceptions during a team period – or two interceptions in three plays, sorry, uh, nearly back-to-back interceptions in a team period on Tuesday – but what he did on the very next play was he quickly found Devin Williams on a slant route, which possibly he saw that the safety was shaded over the wrong way. That slant route then went for a 35-plus yard touchdown because there was no safety over the top. So he basically threw for a touchdown right after throwing the two interceptions. So I think the way that he's able to bounce back, I think you're just seeing some positive, and I think that the arm strength, the zip on the ball is a little bit different than the other two guys. So with the other two guys not pushing themselves ahead, in all the other aspects, I think that the JT Daniels will win the job. Now, they could use Jack Sears in some some different read option stuff, and he can throw the ball, he can throw the deep ball. You can run read option with him and then throw deep when you need to, that type of thing, run some special packages. I have no problem with that because I think Jack Sears has done really well with the read options type stuff uh, coming off the edge and you know reading the defense well in those type plays instead of just handing it off every single time like we saw last year with USC when it wasn't really a read option, it was just a run play. Do you think the hype at all could backfire? On Daniels and or Clay Helton, uh, yeah, not that it's, it's not their fault for his hype, but no, do you think fans will be more critical in that sense? Like he's supposed oh, to be the savior, blah definitely. blah blah. Fans are going to be more Family. critical of everything because fans are just always critical. Um, Clay Helton obviously has not won over the fan base completely, and he's you know won as many games, he's won more games in his first couple of years than any other USC coach. Granted, he's a bigger schedule, uh, but. 
uh, the hype is going to be there. Does he live up to the hype? I, I said earlier that he will live up to the career hype. I don't know if he'll live up to the hype this season. He doesn't have to live up to the hype this season. He just has to be good. It doesn't have to be great uh, for USC to have a really successful season. So we'll see. But, again, he's got to win the job first. And it we think he has, but we're not the coaches, so it doesn't matter. True. Clay Helton said that they'll sit down True. Sunday – They'll discuss it as a staff, and then they're going to meet with the players and the the their families to discuss it. And then I would guess we'll find out either Sunday night or at least by Tuesday. Tuesday will be the latest before we make a decision. Yeah, we'll see. Agree, disagree ooh, for you ooh, ooh. that there'll be an or there for the quarterbacks. <sighs> That's assuming that they release dev chart on Sunday? They have to, I think. Well, they don't have to, but I think USC's – SID office always releases it on Sunday, if I believe, if but I'm correct. before UNLV, they could do it after UNLV's game. No. They no. Gotta rele- you have to release game notes leading up to the game. How is the opposing uh, media going to know what's going on? True, true. There'll be a depth chart in there. They're not Jim Harbaugh in it. So the question <laughs> is, is there an or? Between the JT starting... and likely Jack Sears. When, it, when is this depth chart being released? Sunday night is our <laughs> assumption. Will we know before then? Answer the question. I don't think there will be or. I think that it will save the quarterback. Actually, no. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes she washy. That's me. Sometimes the dip chart is just really dumb in the sense that it doesn't really tell you anything. Like they could very well be a or between Clayton Bradley and and Austin Jackson when probably when be. Bradley is out. You know, so probably will be at safety as well. That's what I said in our predictions on uscfootball.com. <laughs> Plugging our work. So you haven't answered the question. I said two answers. <laughs> that should suffice. Which means you haven't answered the question because you've uh, answered on both sides. I, th- I think there's going to be a starting quarterback. I don't agree with this. Okay, so you don't think there's going to be an or? Yeah. <laughs> See what happens when the tables are turned. I think I Didn't, wasn't prepared for an agreement. No, 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 no. I just you. think this is a dumb question based on the what? depth charts have always been dumb. Not you. I'm sorry. You ask mm, great questions, mm. but I'm just saying the depth chart in general is dumb. So, at times, at do- yeah, at times we'll find out some stuff. Just like how oh, whoops, Carrie Angeline isn't on the roster anymore. Doesn't say why, but he's not there anymore. Oh, oops, he's gone. You know, it's just they're not the most like informative things. That's we'll all find out some stuff. There'll Shall be some useful information. Let's go to questions. What questions, do you got? Questions from our, our Nigerian princes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have a question from Michael who says, on the QB competition, is it more of the QBs making plays or is it the lack of plays being made by the secondary? If the secondary is supposed to be a strength, sounds like it could be a concern. I don't think the secondary is concerned. I, th- I think there is concern about who's going to start at that safety spot, but I think your secondary has been pretty strong. I mean, Iman Marshall has been one of the best players in fall camp. Um, he's pretty much locked down one side of the defense. I think Tyler Vons and Michael Pittman and those guys are still going to make their plays, but I think uh, that the secondary has been good. Amon Ra has been really good. I think the quarterbacks have made some plays. They, you know, they're throwing. I think. I think it's been pretty even battle on, on the outsides pretty much. Um, I don't think that either side has just been completely dominant like we've seen. The defensive line has obviously been ahead of the offensive line. So I'm going to go with the fact that I think that the secondary will be fine. I don't think that there's an issue there. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. There's so much talent in that secondary and depth there with guys like Jonathan Lockett yeah. who – is just kind of lost in the mix because where is he going to play? Because you already have a Gen A starting a nickel. You already have, you know, you have a biggie at one spot and the other spots being competed between Isaiah Langley and Greg Johnson. 
So who's going to feel it? Where does he kind of fit in? And you want to get him out there. His senior, it was, he was a starter as a sophomore, and now you, you can't really find a place for him. Is there any concern about that second corner position, though? I'm a little bit concerned about the consistency issues. Yeah, there's some issues there, but I think you're always going to have that with a second corner spot. I think, yeah. he, And the way USC has played out, you know, they've been able to get, you know, a top-tier corner, uh, you know, in several recruiting classes. You went from having Kevon Seymour being the top guy with Adoree wow. Jackson. I miss Kevon. Kevon was great. <laughs> great. And, you know, when he was healthy, he was really good. And then if they would have known that he was partially blind. Not was, partially blind, but yes, he had eyesight issues. Yeah, he had eyesight issues and didn't wasn't found out until they got to the Bills. But you had him and Adoree, and Adoree was a young guy, and Adoree made some mistakes. But then then you after you did that, you had Adoree and Biggie. That's two really good guys, but Biggie made some mistakes early in his career where Adoree was locking down the other side. Then you had Biggie and Jack Jones, and it was basically the same thing last year. Uh, so... But now who's going to fill that spot for Jack Jones and who can be the veteran guy next year? That's the question. Next year will be much more of a concern than this year. There are some consistency issues, but I think that, that it will be fine. I, don't, I think the biggest thing for them is not giving up the big plays like they did last year. Yeah, agreed. And we have a couple questions from Nick from the 805. He had a funny email, too. Uh, he says, do you want to double your money fast? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he says, my questions for you are, have you noticed any significant differences between how this year's quarterback competition has been handled compared to 2016? I think it's a little bit different because, obviously, when Max Brown was here, he was a redshirt junior. You know, he was a five-star guy. You know, he was expected to take over easily when Kessler was gone. Whereas the incumbent this year was Matt Fink, who was a three-star guy, didn't have the same hype, and he's also a redshirt sophomore, so he doesn't have that extra year that Max Brown had. And, you know, it felt like Brown could take over any time if Kessler got hurt. Whereas Matt Fink, if Sam Darnold got hurt last year, it would have been absolutely crazy town. Um, so I think it's been different in that regard. And also kind of the quarterback, the same, the same thing on the other side, whereas JT is that hyped-up guy like Max Brown was. Sam Darnold wasn't that hyped up guy coming yeah, out of Yeah, that's school. what I was going to say. The hype factor is such a different feel to this quarterback competition. Whereas last last time the hype coming out of high school was the older guy versus the younger guy yeah. not being and this year it's flipped. So I, I think that that's been the biggest difference. Um I don't I don't feel like they've treated it that much differently as far as uh, I mean it's a little bit different that there's three guys instead of two guys so you're rotating and some guys aren't getting a ton of throws on certain days. That's also been a little bit different. But I think as far as, you know, Brown and Darnold, I, I felt like the competition as far as what's being thrown at the guys uh, is, is pretty similar, too. I, I think the reaction is a little bit different. I think when JT had that first scrimmage, Helton tried to, like, tamper down how well he did versus I think people weren't asking a question about Sam every two seconds. You know, it was like, well, what does Sam need to do? What, is, what does Sam need to do to win the job? Stuff like that. And so I think it's just different where people are more expecting JT versus Sam and Max were kind of together yeah and, and sam obviously what makes him so special you can't really see at the same time at practice yeah. as much you know his creativity when things break down those type of things you don't see as much in practice uh and and i think that they've done a better job of you know attacking the quarterbacks as a defense to try to throw more things at them yeah uh, I, I think that's going to help those guys in the future but i, I don't think that uh I don't think there's been a huge difference. There are some slight differences, but not a huge one. How about that? Sure, I'll take that. Uh, he says, "Do you think there are the Do you think the offensive line has made enough strides to be a physical advantage?" He put in stars against good defenses rather than just passable. 
Nah, I'm not going to go that far yet. I got to see him in a game. I mean, I talked about it earlier on the live show that with the offensive line, you can only see so much in practice. You have to see them against a different defense. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withhold judgment until after we see them against UNLV and I get a chance to watch the tape. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> he says, finally, who would win in a win at Cornhole? Keeley or Shotgun? Shotgun, definitely. We've actually played each other in, in Cornhole. Did we? Yeah, in that USCFootball.com meetup like two years ago. I probably won't I do. actually realized that I didn't know how to play Cornhole. I didn't get the like, I thought you just like throw the little the bag in the hole, but it's not. That's basically it. Yeah, but then there's the like, okay, but then there's like, if you're closer and then you have to like change <laughs> this, there's like all these like rules and I thought it was very like It's simple. just horseshoes with a hole instead of a pole. Um, okay, sure. But I think I'm I think from Georgia and I went to school in Tennessee. So, yes, I would win at Cornhole. Uh, fine. Yeah, I think you did be me in Cornhole. <laughs> uh, we have a question from John and John's pretty cool. He asked his questions and he had some comments in the style of our show. I have a feeling that you have a stock <laughs> neutral in here just by the fact that you feel that you feel that John is already pretty cool. And <laughs> so, yeah. And by your laughter, I can tell I'm right. Uh, no, maybe not. Uh, John says stock stock up the term stock neutral. Thanks, John. Shout out to you. Exactly. Stock John, neutral get out of here. Just get out of here. He says stock down using a team's record to determine how good they are. What would USC's record most likely be if they had Oregon's schedule? It's interesting. That's hard. I mean, you are your worth is determined on your wins and losses. That's what it comes down to. You know, if you you UCF and you went fifteen and zero or fourteen and zero, whatever they went, you had a really good season. You can't say UCF is not a good team. They beat was Auburn in the LSU in the bowl game, whichever one they beat. Uh, so, if you win all your games, nobody can say you're not good. That's a good point. You lose all your games, nobody can say you're good. Put that on wall. Shotgun Spratling. Something like that. Uh, he says, agree or disagree. Poor special teams play combined with turnovers made it difficult for the Trojans to have blowout wins against inferior teams last year. Agree. Definitely agree. And the defense kind of let teams in a little bit. Yeah, you know, with like the Colorado quarter. game, yeah. you know, when you give up big plays and stuff. So that's part of it um, when the offense was doing fine. Uh, but the, the offense was just inconsistent and part of them being inconsistent was they weren't playing with a lot of short fields and stuff. They can get you, you know, those quote unquote easier scores than, you know, than having to go 80 yards. If you can only have to go 55 or 60, it makes it a little bit easier to get the, when you don't have 20 extra yards to go. He says, question, do you think we will see a drastic improvement in special teams this year? I'm on raw returning punts question mark. I'm on raw could be back there. We talked about it earlier, but it seems like a Jenna is still the, the front runner for that spot. I think I'm on raw gives you the same thing that a Gen A does as far as taking care of the ball and things like that with also the upside of being able to make a guy miss a little bit more than a Gen A. Though a Gen A can make some guys miss too yeah. when he gets a little bit of a start rather than catching it and having to make that first move. Um, one of the biggest issues with the punt return group last year was the blocking on the outside. They didn't block very well and guys were waiting for them, which is part of the reason why they had a fair catch and let some other ones go and different things like that. So will the special teams be better this year? It has to be, right? I mean, that... I mean, that's the, the advantage of having depth is now you have more guys possibly on special teams versus walk-ons. So as long as the, they're not giving up returns and they're not getting stuff blocked, there's no way they're worse than last year. Last year, they just, there were so many penalties that, that you know started drives, pushed drives back further. They had t- way too many penalties on the special teams, which is something I'm going to chart this year just to check and see you know how they're doing in that regard. Um, but I think without giving up the giant plays, which could still happen. They, that could be worse. But if they don't do that, then I think they have to be better. 
and with John Baxter as a dedicated special teams coach this year, if they're not, then I mean, you could see him fired in the middle of the year if they're just as bad as they were last year. Really? Is that your hot take prediction? You could. I mean, you've seen special teams co- coaches get fired in the middle of the season. I mean, I think it was Washington but, State but that Baxter did it last year or two like years ago. The heartbeat of of uh, Clay Helton's too close to him to do that. Okay. If he would fire him in the middle of the season, he would have fired him last year at the end of last year. I don't know. Could have. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, we actually have a specific question for you from David, who says, "Shotgun, could you please talk a little bit about SC baseball? Do you expect USC to be better this season? What direction is the program going?" So the the coaching staff. Is basically knows they have to win this year, and the fact that they brought in a really, really good freshman class, you know, guys that did not sign, you know, they, I think I put in the war room at one point that they had, you know, if their guys all signed the numbers that they gave scouts and said, hey, this is how much it's going to take to sign me, they could have made over $4 million if if they would have got those, they turned down basically, or actually, no, I take that back, they turned down $4 million in signing bonuses to come to USC. So they've got a really good uh, core group of four or five guys that are going to play right away for them. So this is a make-or-break year for for this team. And then he says, speaking of direction of programs, how would you ev- evaluate the stock of the football program generally? Will USC be better or worse when they open the 2020 season with Alabama? Better? Oh, that's two years away now. That's going to be tough. That 2020 doesn't seem like two years away. That's oh, weird. It is. It's a long way. Um, I feel like the recruiting classes have p- consistently gotten stronger. Yeah, I think that the program as it is right now, let's just do going into this year. I think they're trending up. I think yes. Clay Helton is, he's learning on the job, but he, he is making adaptations that need to be made. Uh, he's changing some things. And I think that they're, you know, I feel positive about the direction the program is going right now. Yeah, Fall Camp made me... It, it comforted me in the sense that it feels like Clay Helton has at least taken stock of some things and made changes that we were kind of yelling and screaming for <laughs> as far as physicality and whatnot. So at least it, it seems like as far as Clay Helton learning, he is learning on the job. Now if we could just cut out a couple of special teams portions per day. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, we have a question from Nick from Cy- Cyprus, a.k.a. Big Nick 21 USC from the P. Uh, he says, question for this week will be off topic for USC, for football, but not for USC. He says, simple question, since this is the first week of fall semester 2018, what is one of your fondest memories of non-USC sports related about school you don't mind sharing? <laughs> it's a convoluted question. Uh, See, technically, Nick, if it's non-USC sports related, my entire college career revolved around USC sports in that sense. Not really, but sort of. <laughs> wow. What? I would say the 9-0. It was a great time. I've never been. Oh my God! Are were you even really a USC student? I was. I have logged enough hours in Annenberg to, to prove that I am wow. a USC. Wow! So student. she was a UCLA fan, and she's never been in the nine zero. She might just be a covert <sighs> Russian get... spy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's me. No, yeah, it's it's pretty bad when you stack all those things together. But I I went to USC. I have my diploma. I'm like <clears throat> someone in this room. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Putting you on blast right now. <laughs> um, what's your favorite memory? I've had great times in 9-0. Just all the people and the connections you make from USC, I think, is what makes USC a little bit different than other schools. Uh, So I was in grad school at USC. I didn't go to undergrad, so I didn't have four years. I had two, and the people I went to grad school with had a great time with those people. And, you know, everything from parties on the rooftop of the Beverly Hills Hilton to nights at the 9-0. I mean, I had a good time and a good college 
career and learning from guys like Jay Adande and Bill Shaken, you know, in the classes, I think yeah. I learned a lot, which is why I came to USC. Yeah, I had a class from Arash Marka- with Arash Markazi, which is fun. Those are just things that are like pure, pure, pure USC where you're like, wow, this would not really happen anywhere else. I just realized going to picking up Louis Zamorini from his house and bringing oh, him to cool. Jeff Fellinger's class, one of my best memories that I've had. And I had was able to have lunch with him with a couple of buddies as well. So those memories will, will stick with me much longer than anything I learned at USC. Hopefully. Yeah. Felinser's class was always really fun. Um, I'm blinking on the name right now. Who who never wants to do a deal with Artie Marino? Uh, oh, uh, Boris, Scott, Scott Boris. Boris. So uh, growing up as an Angels fan, I was like, oh, Scott Boris, how could he not make a deal with Artie Marino? He came into Felinser's class and I was like, I love Scott Boris. He was so inspirational and just such a great person to talk to that that's actually a really fun memory. But it's yeah, one of the things about USC is that you never know who you're going to meet, who's going to be able to speak in classes, whether it's Tom Selleck coming in asking for directions in Edinburgh. <laughs> Or, you know, or having Scott Boris and Keyshawn Johnson talk to you. And, you know, everyone that comes there is is super open to chatting and talking. So, you know, if, if you have the money to go to USC, it's a, it's a good investment. Mm-hmm. My favorite USC memory is getting a DM from Ryan Abraham. Oh, Becoming God. part of da-da-da. Full oh, circle. God. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, we have one last question That's from Scotty. not talking about USC NH- sports. Well, yeah, well, this is the last question we got, and it's also not semi-USC sports related. He says, sort of a tangent, but do you guys socialize or interact interact with the other USC beat writers slash social media like Raina Troy, OC, OC Register, LA Times, etc.? Just curious how it goes, since I'm sure y'all see them practically every day during fall. Some people would like, some people would don't. It's like any regular <laughs> social group. Uh, yeah, we are homies with Raina Troy. Uh, I mean, we we talked to you're like you said in the question itself, you were with these people all the time. It's like a weird type of summer camp where you spend a lot of time with people. Uh, so you end up chatting. But at the same time, we are competitors in a certain way. So it's it's an interesting balance. Tight, tight, well, tight, tight, tight rope you walk where you're friends and you're nice, but you also are competitors. So it's an interesting little balancing act. And there's so much turnover as well, so that's you, you true. Get to that's know some the, people. A lot, lots of people are on the beat right this year. Are are new people? That's I mean, a weird thing. Like I'm one of the everybody older. wants to try to compete with us, and they just should know that they can't. Oh wow, dropping some <laughs> some truth tea right now. I would drop this mic if I could, but it's kind of hooked up to things. Too expensive. <laughs> um, any final thoughts? I mean, thank you guys first of all for sending in all your questions. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your feedback. A lot of people. Some people just uh, gave us good reviews in emails so thank you to all those Sweet. people thanks I for know. the emails guys we really appreciate it and again if you want to send in your questions your stock up stock down for the future at f- uh, familyfeudpod at gmail.com at gmail.com we appreciate those uh we're, I'm, it's about time for games i'm so excited i want some real football i want to hit people too now <laughs> after the last two practices i'm ready that to means go. me he's gonna start I, that's the one me. thing like i I was a baseball player growing up. I played baseball, basketball, football in high school. The one thing that I always miss is just hitting people. I don't miss anything else about football, but until when the first like pads start popping, I just like, oh, I just want to hit somebody. Wow. It's so much fun when you see somebody's eyes rolling in the back of their head. Oh, shotgun. Stop it. True. <laughs> I'm going to make Family Feud bingo for those at home. So when you bring up your, your playing days, USC baseball. We I haven't didn't bring up USC baseball. Thank you. It was brought up to me. Luckily, you didn't make a USC basketball reference. That's that's, Although, that's coming. Phew. Oh, no. <laughs> Number one recruiting class right now. It's pretty crazy, right? Give it up to Andy Enfield and crew. Mr. Enfield. Uh, la- next time we'll see you guys. There might be a starting quarterback for USC. Pretty crazy. And they'll be stock up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't get that joke. What was the joke? There definitely will be stock up when whoever wins the quarterback. Oh, yes, yes. I got it. I, thought you, I was like, we had stock up today. Oh, my God. 
Alrighty, that's going to wrap it up for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. For Shotgun, I'm Keely. We'll see you next week. Peace.